On today's episode, Job finishes his speech, and a young man named Elihu steps up to the mic to rebuke both Job and his friends. It's Job chapters 29 through 33 and Isaiah chapter 31, here on Commuter Bible. This is Commuter Bible, the audio Bible reading plan to match your weekly schedule. I'm your host, John Ross. In today's episode, Job starts his I don't get no respect routine and tells his friends of the dishonor he now endures from fellow citizens and from the riffraff that live in the desert around him. He remarks that he has been faithful to the Lord, caring for those in need and keeping himself from the worship of false gods, such as the worship of sun and moon. When Job concludes his words, a young man named Elihu, who has yet to speak, begins to voice his anger. He has respectfully waited until those older than him have had their say, but they have argued inadequately against Job, and Job has spoken with a self-righteous posture. Job chapters 29 through 33 Job continued his discourse, saying, If only I could be as in months gone by, in the days when God watched over me, when his lamp shone above my head, and I walked through darkness by his light. I would be as I was in the days of my youth, when God's friendship rested on my tent, when the Almighty was still with me, and my children were around me. When my feet were bathed in curds, and the rock poured out streams of oil for me. When I went out to the city gate and took my seat in the town square, the young men saw me and withdrew, while older men stood to their feet. City officials stopped talking and covered their mouths with their hands. The noblemen's voices were hushed, and their tongues stuck to the roof of their mouths. When they heard me, they blessed me, and when they saw me, they spoke well of me. For I rescued the poor who cried out for help and the fatherless child who had no one to support him. The dying blessed me, and I made the widow's heart rejoice. I clothed myself in righteousness, and it enveloped me. My just decisions were like a robe and a turban. I was eyes to the blind and feet to the lame. I was a father to the needy, and I examined the case of the stranger. I shattered the fangs of the unjust and snatched the prey from his teeth. So, I thought, I will die in my own nest, and multiply my days as the sand. My roots will have access to water, and the dew will rest on my branches all night. My whole being will be refreshed within me, and my bow will be renewed in my hand. Men listened to me with expectation, waiting silently for my advice. After a word from me, they did not speak again. My speech settled on them like dew. They waited for me 
as for the rain, and opened their mouths as for spring showers. If I smiled at them, they couldn't believe it. They were thrilled at the light of my countenance. I directed their course and presided as chief. I lived as a king among his troops, like one who comforts those who mourn. But now, they mock me. Men younger than I am, whose fathers I would have refused to put with my sheepdogs. What use to me was the strength of their hands? Their vigor had left them. Emaciated from poverty and hunger, they gnawed at the dry land, the desolate wasteland by night. They plucked mallow among the shrubs, and the roots of the broom tree were their food. They were banished from human society. People shouted at them as if they were thieves. They were living on the slopes of the wadis, among the rocks, and in holes in the ground. They bray among the shrubs. They huddle beneath the thistles. Foolish men, without even a name, they were forced to leave the land. Now, I am mocked by their songs. I have become an object of scorn to them. They despise me and keep their distance from me. They do not hesitate to spit in my face. Because God has loosened my bowstring and oppressed me, they have cast off restraint in my presence. The rabble rise up at my right. They trap my feet and construct their siege ramp against me. They tear up my path. They contribute to my destruction without anyone to help them. They advance as through a gaping breach. They keep rolling in through the ruins. Terrors are turned loose against me. They chase my dignity away like the wind, and my prosperity has passed by like a cloud. Now my life is poured out before me, and days of suffering have seized me. Night pierces my bones, but my gnawing pains never rest. My clothing is distorted with great force. He chokes me by the neck of my garment. He throws me into the mud, and I have become like dust and ashes. I cry out to you for help, but you do not answer me. When I stand up, you merely look at me. You have turned against me with cruelty. You harass me with your strong hand. You lift me up on the wind and make me ride it. You scatter me in the storm. Yes, I know that you will lead me to death, the place appointed for all who live. Yet no one would stretch out his hand against a ruined person when he cries out to him for help because of his distress. Have I not wept for those who have fallen on hard times? Has my soul not grieved for the needy? But when I 
hoped for good. Evil came. When I looked for light, darkness came. I am churning within and cannot rest. Days of suffering confront me. I walk about blackened, but not by the sun. I stood in the assembly and cried out for help. I have become a brother to jackals and a companion of ostriches. My skin blackens and flakes off, and my bones burn with fever. My lyre is used for mourning, and my flute for the sound of weeping. I have made a covenant with my eyes. How then could I look at a young woman? For what portion would I have from God above, or what inheritance from the Almighty on high? Doesn't disaster come to the unjust and misfortune to evildoers? Does he not see my ways and number all my steps? If I have walked in falsehood, or my foot has rushed to deceit, let God weigh me on accurate scales, and He will recognize my integrity. If my step has turned from the way, my heart has followed my eyes, or impurity has stained my hands, let someone else eat what I have sown, and let my crops be uprooted. If my heart has gone astray over a woman, or I have lurked at my neighbor's door, let my own wife grind grain for another man, and let other men sleep with her. For that would be a disgrace. It would be an iniquity deserving punishment. For it is a fire that consumes down to Abaddon. It would destroy my entire harvest. If I have dismissed the case of my male and female servants when they made a complaint against me. What could I do when God stands up to judge? How should I answer him when he calls me to account? Did not the one who made me in the womb also make them? Did not the same God form us both in the womb? If I have refused the wishes of the poor, or let the widow's eyes go blind. If I have eaten my few crumbs alone, without letting the fatherless eat any of it. For from my youth I raised him as his father, and since the day I was born I guided the widow. If I have seen anyone dying for lack of clothing, or a needy person without a cloak, If he did not bless me while warming himself with the fleece from my sheep, if I ever cast my vote against a fatherless child when I saw that I had support in the city gate, then let my shoulder blade fall from my back and let my arm be pulled from its socket. 
for disaster from God terrifies me. And because of his majesty, I could not do these things. If I placed my confidence in gold or called fine gold my trust, if I have rejoiced because my wealth is great or because my own hand has acquired so much, If I have gazed at the sun when it is shining or at the moon moving in splendor so that my heart was secretly enticed and I threw them a kiss, this would also be an iniquity deserving punishment. For I would have denied God above. Have I rejoiced over my enemy's distress or become excited When trouble came his way, I have not allowed my mouth to sin by asking for his life with a curse. Haven't the members of my household said, Who is there who has not had enough to eat at Job's table? No stranger had to spend the night on the street, for I opened my door to the traveler. Have I covered my transgressions, as others do, by hiding my iniquity in my heart? Because I greatly feared the crowds, and because the contempt of the clans terrified me, so I grew silent and would not go outside? If only I had someone to hear my case, here is my signature. Let the Almighty answer me. Let my opponent compose his indictment. I would surely carry it on my shoulder and wear it like a crown. I would give him an account of all my steps. I would approach him like a prince. If my land cries out against me and its furrows join in weeping, if I have consumed its produce without payment or shown contempt for its tenants, Then let thorns grow instead of wheat, and stinkweed instead of barley. The words of Job are concluded. So these three men quit answering Job because he was righteous in his own eyes. Then Elihu, son of Berechel the Buzite, from the family of Ram, became angry. He was angry at Job because he had justified himself rather than God. 
He was also angry at Job's three friends because they had failed to refute him and yet had condemned him. Now, Elihu had waited to speak to Job because they were all older than he. But when he saw that the three men could not answer Job, he became angry. So Elihu, son of Barakel the Buzite, replied, I am young in years, while you are old. Therefore I was timid and afraid to tell you what I know. I thought that age should speak, and maturity should teach wisdom. But it is the Spirit in a person, the breath from the Almighty, that gives anyone understanding. It is not only the old who are wise, or the elderly who understand how to judge. Therefore I say, listen to me. I, too, will declare what I know. Look, I waited for your conclusions. I listened to your insights as you sought for words. I paid close attention to you. Yet no one proved Job wrong. Not one of you refused his arguments. So do not claim, we have found wisdom. Let God deal with him, not man. But Job has not directed his argument to me. And I will not respond to him with your arguments. Job's friends are dismayed and can no longer answer. Words have left them. Should I continue to wait now that they are silent? Now that they stand there and no longer answer? I too will answer. Yes, I will tell what I know. I am full of words and my spirit compels me to speak. My heart is like unvented wine. It is about to burst like new wineskins. I must speak so that I can find relief. I must open my lips and respond. I will be partial to no one, and I will not give anyone an undeserved title, for I do not know how to give such titles. Otherwise, my Maker would remove me in an instant. But now, Job, pay attention to my speech and listen to all my words. I am going to open my mouth. My tongue will form words on my palate. My words come from my upright heart, and my lips speak with sincerity what they know. The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Refute me if you can. Prepare your case against me. Take your stand. I am just like you before God. I was also pinched off from a piece of clay. Fear of me should not terrify you. No pressure from me should weigh you down. Surely you have spoken in my hearing, and I have heard these very words. I am pure without transgression. I am clean and have no iniquity. But he finds reasons to oppose me. He regards me as his enemy. 
He puts my feet in the stocks. He stands watch over all my paths. But I tell you that you are wrong in this matter, since God is greater than man. Why do you take him to court for not answering anything a person asks? For God speaks time and again, but a person may not notice it. In a dream, a vision in the night, when deep sleep comes over people as they slumber on their beds, he uncovers their ears and terrifies them with warnings in order to turn a person from his actions and suppress the pride of a person. God spares his soul from the pit, his life from crossing the river of death. A person may be disciplined on his bed with pain and constant distress in his bones, so that he detests bread and his soul despises his favorite food. His flesh wastes away to nothing, and his unseen bones stick out. He draws near to the pit and his life to the executioners. If there is an angel on his side, one mediator out of a thousand, to tell a person what is right for him and to be gracious to him and say, Spare him from going down to the pit. I have found a ransom. Then his flesh will be healthier than in his youth, and he will return to the days of his youthful vigor. He will pray to God, and God will delight in him. That person will see his face with a shout of joy, and God will restore his righteousness to him. He will look at men and say, I have sinned and perverted what was right, yet I did not get what I deserved. He redeemed my soul from going down to the pit and I will continue to see the light. God certainly does all these things two or three times to a person in order to turn him back from the pit so he may shine with the light of life. Pay attention, Job, and listen to me. Be quiet and I will speak. But if you have something to say, Answer me. Speak, for I would like to justify you. If not, then listen to me. Be quiet, and I will teach you wisdom. Isaiah chapter 31 Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help, and who depend on horses. They trust in the abundance of chariots and in the large number of horsemen. They do not look to the Holy One of Israel, and they do not seek the Lord. But He also is wise and brings disaster. He does not go back on what He says. He will rise up against the house of the wicked and against the allies of evildoers. Egyptians are men, not God. Their horses are flesh, 
not spirit. When the Lord raises his hand to strike, the helper will stumble, and the one who is helped will fall. Both will perish together. For this is what the Lord said to me. As a lion or young lion growls over its prey when a band of shepherds is calling out against it, and it is not terrified by their shouting or subdued by their noise, so the Lord of armies will come down to fight on Mount Zion and on its hill. Like hovering birds, so the Lord of armies will protect Jerusalem. By protecting it, he will rescue it. By passing over it, he will deliver it. Return to the one the Israelites have greatly rebelled against. For on that day, every one of you will reject the worthless idols of silver and gold that your own hands have sinfully made. Then Assyria will fall, but not by human sword. A sword will devour him, but not one made by man. He will flee from the sword. His young men will be put to forced labor. His rock will pass away because of fear, and his officers will be afraid because of the signal flag. This is the Lord's declaration, whose fire is in Zion and whose furnace is in Jerusalem. If you are a pastor or a ministry leader, maybe a Bible study leader, you're already planning goals for next year and trying to figure out what to do next. If you'd like to encourage Bible literacy and unite your church body over God's Word, consider recommending Commuter Bible to your congregation or group. Whether as a supplement to your current curriculum or as an extra option for small groups to be on the same pages of Scripture over the course of a year, Commuter Bible can help you do just that. Today's episode was narrated and orchestrated by me, John Ross, and co-produced by Bobby Brown, Caitlin Pridgen, Eric Williamson, and the Christian Standard Bible. Thanks for listening, and remember, happy is the one whose delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. Day and night.